All right. Good morning. You ready? Because I only got like five verses for you today. Chapter three, book of Hosea. We started a series a few weeks back. The book of Hosea, known for all the wrong reasons, right? Hey, Hosea, go marry a prostitute. Now, we think that's what it's about, or that's the piece that stands out. Um, and Gomer is her name. Let's, let's give her an identity and some value rather than just label her by her mistakes. Anybody want to be labeled by their mistakes? Not I, right? Um, Gomer's mentioned once by name, and she pretty much disappears after the first couple chapters. Um, she'll be referred to loosely, like in a secondary uh, meaning today. Um, but really, after chapter 3, it's all about God and Israel and Judah. And more than that, it's really just about God. And so we're going to start to lean into that as we keep moving forward in Hosea, which is also the same word. We talked about this a couple weeks ago. Same word uh, that we get Yeshua from, Joshua, right? Um, so if you meet Josh, you can say, hey, Jose, Right? And you can tell him, oh, yeah, you're related. Right? Um, any guesses on whether Jose is probably related to that too? Right? Then when we go from uh, Hebrew to Greek, uh, we go from Yeshua to Iesu. You know him as who? Jesus. Jesus. Right. And that's, uh, that's really every Sunday where we're trying to get to. Uh, where's Jesus fit in this? How does this uh, play out before his earthly life or after his sacrifice on the cross and the whole thing. So um, we're going to try to tie that in as well. Let's pray, um, and then we'll get running. Lord, thanks for this morning, and thanks for uh, what we sang. Just listening to the words this morning was uh, brought to mind how pertinent it is what's said in this book. Uh, your message to your people may we be reminded of what was said last chapter, the children of God. That's what we want to be, Lord. Uh, give us a lesson in that this morning. Uh, give us your word, give us your spirit to guide it, and then uh, may you bless it, may it honor you, and then Lord, may it make us a little different as we walk out of here, a little different in a better way. And uh, all God's people said, amen. 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 Uh, no lie, five verses. How are we going to make a whole sermon out of that? you get five sets of fill-ins, right? You got to stretch it on the other side, right? If you don't have enough, just add more flour, right? More salt, more sugar, more butter. Very nice. Thank you. Right? What was that a reference to? Chili Willy. All right, good. We got to know our, our ancient cartoons. Uh, Hosea chapter three, verse one, and the Lord said to me, who's me? Hosea, right? Hosea is the writer of the book. We believe in almost every way. He's a prophet that we know almost nothing about. But we know this. Lord spoke to him. That's important. When we feel like the Lord's speaking, you got to listen. Uh, it's like another phrase. When the Spirit leads, you got to go. Right? Um, Lord speaking to Hosea, why? Wait, why are you even talking to him? right? It's a great question for the very beginning of the book. You know, Genesis chapter 3, it's like there's a serpent. Wait, why is the serpent even talking to Eve? More importantly, Eve, why are you talking to him? And then I would say even more important than that, Adam, where are you? What are you doing? Right? Uh, we got to ask the question, when there's a conversation going on, why is it going on? Is God just trying to torture Hosea and say, hey, Jump into a very unstable, unhealthy relationship. And you're just going to be tortured with that. Is that is God in the business of torture? Say no really loud. No. Okay. Wasn't going to let you mess that one up. Right? People at home, you better have said that out loud or we're cutting your feed. Um, no, he's, he's talking to Hosea because he has a message. Is the message for Hosea? Okay, good. Is the message for Gomer? No. Not really. Kinda. 
okay, which is why he gets to sit in the front row. Um, it's really for the people of God, the children of God, uh, namely Israel, but Judah for sure also. And then, you know, once we get Christ and Peter and Paul and all the things they teach about, you know, it's not really bloodline. It's about, you know, are you uh, circumcised of heart? Who gets included in that children of God clan? I want you to say me, okay? On the count of three, I want you to say me. One, two, three. Me. me. You're included. It's for all of us. Um, how does that make sense? Because we're reading a book about God. Who's speaking again? God. And it's, it's very important that we make sure we pay attention to who's speaking. Because why they're speaking to him is one thing, but who's, who's talking? If Hosea's talking, well, who knows? Could be good, could be bad, right? Got to be real careful in the book of Job. Why? Because there's a bunch of knuckleheads talking, right? You get Job talking sometimes, you get God talking sometimes, and then uh, peanut gallery, right? One guy does well of the friends in the book of Job, and you have to really look for it. You got to be really careful. But when God speaks, even E.F. Hutton listens, right? So God has something to say. Let's figure out what it is. Go again, love a woman, not so bad so far, who is loved by another man. Oh, just went south, right? And is an adulteress, even as the Lord loves the children of Israel, though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisin. Um, is, is he asking Hosea to go find a new woman who's an adulteress? Or most likely, what is this asking him to do? What has Gomer done? She's, she's uh, we'll say strayed, wandered off, fell off the wagon. She's gone back to her earlier practices. And he's saying to Jose, go back to her and love her again. Right, go back. Another way to say that is say is be return, right? Return to her. Or keep drawing her in. Go make an effort. Um, but what's the, what's the active? Go again. Love a woman. What's the verb? Go or love? They're both. What's the primary? The primary, right? What's the greatest commandment? Love, right? That's the rough ask. Go back to someone who has violated you and love them as if they haven't violated you. Why does he say do that? He says we're going to do that because even as the Lord loves the children of Israel. Well, I thought the Israelites were, uh, were oh wow, this is one of the few times you could say this at church and you're not, you can't get in trouble. The Israelites were damned. And yet he says, no, I love them. Though they turn to other gods and love cakes of raisins. I like cake. Anybody like raisins? What's with that? Um, cakes of raisins were probably um, used in false worship. Worship of the Baals. Probably because they were seen as an aphrodisiac. Right? They were meant to kind of push you down the path of going away from God. And he says, you know, you like going on the path away from God, but I love you anyways. And so I want you to send a message, Hosea, by going and continuing to love this person who's cheated on you. Because I want the children of God to see how I feel about them. This is really actually a statement about God, not about Hosea or Gomer. Uh, so I bought her for 15 shekels of silver and a homer and a lethek of barley. Well, gosh, that makes tons of sense, doesn't it? Six, five verses. I got to explain every single one. Um, what's six, uh, 15 shekels of silver? Well, we know what silver is. It's probably what? It's, it's monetary. It's, it's uh, money. It's valuable. If I asked you to go out of here and go find silver, right? Well, some of you would say, well, I don't even have to leave. I've got some on me right now, right? Hey, that's one thing. Um, 
and a homer. Okay, we're lost there. And what's a lethic of barley? <laughs> Who knows, right? So I'm going to tell you what it is because I read it somewhere, <laughs> right? This was probably about the standard price for a slave. It was about half money and half produce. And this was what they think, kind of the normal price for a slave. Um, what has he done now to Israel? He's bought them out of slavery. He owns them. He's paid for them. Um, paid their price. What's that sound like that's going to come like a bunch of books later, kind of in the middle of the whole story, the climax of everything, and there's a cross in it? What's it sound like? Paid the price, right? So we have this foreshadowing, right? So he buys her. Does that show her value? What's her value? Her value is as a slave or that she was worth buying? Say the second one. Okay, good. Because um, that's what you want to be. You want to be worth buying rather than continue to be a slave. Um, and I said to her, by the way, the implication is that it sets her free. All right, got to make sure I get that one in here or I'd share it second service and they'd have a second service extra and you would have missed it. Right? Bought into freedom. Uh, and I said to her, you must dwell as mine for many days. <laughs> What's the short version of that? Stop cheating. Stop leaving. How about we have a relationship? Stay with me, right? You shall not play the whore or belong to another man. So will I also be to you. Let me get clear like, um, what Hosea is asking of Gomer and what God is asking of his people. But what is God promising right there? There's... You know, we're, we're so into the Hosea-Gomer thing. There's a massive promise that just got dropped right at your feet. Remember Mark Campbell came uh, July 4th and talked about when God drops things at your feet, right? I know that was almost a year ago, and some of you can't remember what happened on Thursday. But um, God just dropped something at your feet. So will I also be to you. What will God never do to you? Now, remember, we're talking about prostitutes, right? And marriage. Thank you. God will never cheat on you. How cool is that? I finally found the perfect relationship that I don't have to worry about and with Julie. And then I found it with God, right? Um, imagine a relationship with no worry. No variables. What kind of confidence and stability, ease of mind, peace could you have if you never worried about whether the kid was going to call and I wreck the car and blah, 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 right? You never had to worry about anything going wrong. How cool would that be? I'm sorry. I asked that question in the wrong format. How cool is that. And now, would that be? Would that be means later if you tried it. No, no. It's the relationship you have now. You realize this? How cool is it that that is who he is right now? And I also will be that to you. That's amazing. What's he really want to show? Punishment of Israel? Or that you can make a relationship with an unfaithful person work? No. Those are side products. What does God really want to show? This is a tough one. And I'm going to give you some hints, okay? We're at church, and we asked you a question. The safest answer, not in the New Testament, but in the old, we're in Old First Testament here, right? Some say Old First what does God want to tell us about? We're at church, and we ask the question, God, 
God wants to tell us about God. God wants to tell us about himself, right? Return to me, he says, right? Who's the shepherd? He is, right? What's Psalm 23 say? The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Love that. He wants us to know him. Verse 4, for the children of Israel shall dwell many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or pillar, without ephod, which I'm sure you know what that means, um, or household gods. This is random. Okay, so you said you love him, and I'm going to be faithful to you. I'll never cheat on you as your God. But then right after that, it's like, well, I'm going to take away your kings, your princes. You can't sacrifice, no pillar uh, without ephod or no more household gods. Does that sound like six things he wants to take from him? Or is he doing kind of more like a, a picture of a comprehensive list? I'm going to take everything from this to that and the stuff in between. Well, the Lord gives and takes away, huh, Job? What's going on here? No king. If you don't have a king, what's the result? This is the interactive portion of the morning, by the way. What are you missing? Go simple. Leadership, right? You're missing a leader. If there's no prince, similar, but now it's time-oriented, there's no future leadership, right? There's no heir to the throne. Uh, so you have no leader. Um, if you can't sacrifice, ooh, what was the purpose of sacrifice? Who are you trying to make nice with? Okay, you can't even pay for your sins now, right? You can't do the turtle doves or the goat or whatever, sheep. Uh, if you can't, what's a pillar? Ooh, what are pillars used for? No structure, no stability, right? Uh, this might also be a reference to when they were in the wilderness and there was a pillar of fire by night and smoke by day. Um, is this the idea of no more leadership? Now you're not even leader getting leadership with God, maybe? Um, and no more ephods or household gods. These are idols and things like that they use for... Uh, secular worship, right? And why are we getting rid of those? No distractions? Why would God strip all of those kind of things away? Nice and loud. To bring you closer to Him. To bring you closer to Him. When He strip everything, what do you have left? I just asked a, church, a question at church. Do you have God? Right? When you're at your lowest, you have to remember. It's helpful to remember. You still have God, right? You always have God. Um, this is meant to be a um, tough lesson. Oh, oh, you want to go chase other things. Oh, you have some ideas. Oh, this will be a fun game. I'm good at this game. And then he strips everything away. Now, you wanted to be by yourself and do your own thing. Be my guest. Do your best, right? How's that going to play out? Say poorly or not well, right? And then what are they going to do? They're going to run back to him, right? We would say return, or we might say top of your outline, go again, right? And not just go again because you want to check the box, oh, I was at church today. No, go again because you want to love. God is setting the example for how we act, eh? Hey, there's an idea. I'm going to act as someone who continually goes after you and loves you regardless of how you act. And then maybe you'll do the same. Nah, we're thick-headed and we're slow learners. We probably wouldn't learn that lesson, right? No matter what, we're just going to do our own thing. Well, we'll find out over the next few chapters, right? Uh, verse 5, this is the last verse. What are we going to do? Uh, afterward, the children of Israel shall what? Return and seek who? The Lord. the Lord their God. Wow. Uh, by the way, when you see in Scripture uh, all caps, Lord, 
You know, they didn't capitalize just the L. They capitalized the L, the O, the R, and the D. It's an official uh, name for God, right? A Hebrew name for God. So it's not just a Lord, you know, Lord of the manor or something like that. No, no, no. It's Hebrew word. Careful how you say it, right? Lord, their God, and David, their king. Wait, David's dead. David was the best king of all time. Why, why would they return to David? This is symbolic. We're returning to the last time that the kingdoms were united, where they actually followed God. Um, David loved the Lord. Now, David made mistakes. That's a story for another time. But we want to get back to a king and a kingdom and a people who are unified in their pursuit of God. Is there anything like that today? Can you think of anything that might be similar to that in 2022? A king, a kingdom, and people of God all united and going after him. Church! Oh, there's a concept, being unified and going after God together. Hey, there's an idea, right? See, it does play into today. Uh, David, their king, and they shall come in fear to the Lord. Why would they come in fear to the Lord? You know, that's a phrase that we actually see a lot in the Bible. Fear of the Lord, the beginning of the wisdom, right? And they feared the Lord and they blah, blah, blah. What, what's fear of the Lord? What's that? Why fear him? Here's, here's a way to help think of it. You approach him in fear because you want him to accept you because your fear is without him. Your fear of, is of being without him. Um, and he could crush you with a thought. You know, a little lightning. You know, people make that joke. I, I mean, people, you know, I'm a pastor. I, I don't know if you figure this out. I know some, for some people question it. But um, I'm out on the street and, you know, I meet people. Oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm a banker. Oh, what, I'm in sales. I'm, I work in the tech industry. Well, what do you do? I'm a pastor. Insert awkwardness now, right? It's so I've come to really enjoy it, just to watch them squirm and what to do, you know. And once in a while, they'll come back with, oh, I've been meaning to go to church, da, da, da. and then the, the famous line, well, I'd go to church, but I know if I walked through those doors, lightning would strike me down, right? That is the corniest, cheesiest joke that I have heard a thousand times, okay? Don't make that joke with me anymore. It's not funny. I've heard it too many times. In fact, if you start that line, I'm going to finish it before you get it out your mouth. Oh, the lightning's going to strike. Yeah, ha, 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 ha. Right? Uh, but that's reality. We come before God. We know um, everything is at stake, good or bad. Right? Well, let's find out if we're headed towards good or bad. Right? Uh, shall come in fear to the Lord and to his... All right, three people said it. Three. We had better participation on that, right, there Online than we did in here. I bet you four people online said it out loud. Three people in here. We're going to try it again. Uh, David the king, and they shall come in fear to the Lord and to his... Yes. yes. You know, the irony, the contrast is, this is a God who just asked Hosea to go marry a prostitute, and then the question becomes, wait, can he be good? This doesn't look good, this can't be good, and da, da. Um, insert your own scenario of questions, fears, hopes, whatever, and then the, the subliminal question that comes out of that is, uh, is God good? Is he going to be good to me on this? And it, You know why we have to be reminded of his goodness? Only because we question it. What if you assumed the best and then expected it and in your expectation looked for it? Seek and you shall find, right? Um, we're pessimists. Let me rephrase. We used to be pessimists. 
We used to try to be negative and assume the worst. Now, uh, with people, organizations, yeah, you might be right. With governments, don't get me started. Weird's the weird thing. As soon as you change the topic and you start talking about God, what has to change? Your perspective of positive or negative. We have to trust that he has a plan. That there's something good about it. Um, that when a 51-year-old, perfectly healthy, drops dead on the spot, that there's some place for us to go with that. How do we deal? How do we adjust? When it makes no sense. We have to have some default to God and his goodness and then say, all right, I'm going to wait and let you show me this one. Okay. Now, ultimately, I say this with confidence. I'm going to stand in heaven or be in heaven or I don't know. I'm going to see Scott again and there'll be this massive party. Will it make sense then? Remember, we're doing positive optimists, right? It's going to make sense then. Now, between now and then, will, when, when will it start? Will, will I start to understand? I have as you keep going, 100 people survey, top five answers on the board. Ding! That's number four. Between now and then, in heaven, with uh, Peter's going to be there, by the way. Peter and Paul, we're going to hang out. Uh, I want to talk to Job and a few others. I got actually a very long list. Uh, Uriah the Hittite. I've never met a Hittite, and his story is amazing. Between now and then, when I understand it, totally makes sense. When will I start to understand? I got along the way. I think that's the uh, fourth answer. Maybe never. Maybe never. Maybe never. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I don't like that one. <laughs> I don't want to give that a ranking. Um, along the way, at some point, who knows? How about this one? Who cares? What? You mean you're going to stop caring whether you have the answers or understand? Yeah, because I just got a new... Um, uh, rule of engagement... I'm positive now, optimistic. I'm positive and encouraging. Caleb, Caleb thank you. I know someone had to finish that, right? Um, uh, and to his goodness in the latter days. What's that point to? Because yeah, Megan said it, and I joked around. It was the fourth answer, but this idea, you know, along the way. Why? Why do we need to have that answer? Because we want it now. I want my drive through Jesus. I want the food hot, the fries salty, and the soda have better have enough ice. Lots of sugar. Because I want to die young. Fat, salt, and sugar. Um, no, we, we need the time perspective. Because uh, things can feel like they're crashing in a moment. You know, when Hosea finds out that Gomer's cheated again, How's that feel? Bad is the nice way to say it, right? How does Hosea get through that? God and be like God. Have a godly perspective. Think about the long term. What can I do? How do I make it better? How do I keep from sinning, right? Um, mostly we need to be per, um, uh, committed to the idea of go again. Try it again. You get it wrong? Try again. One of my favorite things to do at the high school for soccer is when we're training and we're doing a drill or something and, and somebody does something wrong. Stop, 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 stop. All right, everybody go back to where they were. All right, put the ball back where it was. All right, same thing, do it again. Johnny. I want you to show me a different option this time. 
messes it up. Now we've done it twice. Wrong. Right? Okay, go back. Everybody back to where I put the ball back. Run it again, Johnny. Good luck. Messes it up again. Run it again. Messes it up. Run it again. Messes it up. The standing record after 20-something years of coaching soccer is 19 repetitions before the boy got it right. But what happened on the 19th repetition? Now he knows how it works and what we're looking for. And what do we say? Good job, Johnny. All right. Now, keep playing. And when that scenario comes up again, do that again. Right? Would God do that to you? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, may the Lord bless the reading of his word. Amen. All five verses. Who breaks the chapters into sections and says, oh yeah, let's just do five here. Right? Uh, the guy that knows that the next verse is the start of a poem. So it's a natural breaking point, right? What's the message of this five verses? Go again and love. Why? Because that's who God is. And whatever I ask you to do, God speaking, go do it. Assume the best. And let's see how it plays out. You know, number one thing that I want us to look at this morning is your approach to God must base itself in his love and effort toward you. Your approach to God is going to set the tone for your approach to life. In my house, when we get around the uh, dinner table, bam, this starts happening. What's this? What's this? Right around the dinner table. Oh, oh. <laughs> right? We start doing this, right? And what's about to happen? It's the weirdest thing. I, I don't have to ask. I don't have to make an announcement. Sometimes they'll say, anybody want to lead? It's a, it's a weird thing. Nobody wants to pray in front of the pastor. It even happens at home. So most of the time, who prays? I do. For, sometimes I force them, right? Um, and now it's become pattern. Why? Because we set that tone. <laughs> right? Your tone for life will be set by your approach to God, and your approach to God must base itself in His love and His effort toward you. You have to recognize what's His base. What does He function from? Does He want to torture you? Does He want to put you in a bad relationship, or does He want to teach you who He is by showing you His goodness? And to what great lengths will He do that? Because apparently he's willing to kill his son to prove a point to you. He's willing to let his son sacrifice and suffer on a cross. Crown of thorns, poked in the side, whipped, uh, climb the mountain, carry the thing till you can't, someone else to carry it the rest of the way. All of that for what? Is he trying to prove who he was? No, he knew who he was. Was he trying to see if Jesus would be obedient? No, he knew that too. In fact, God does nothing for himself to prove anything. He knows all of it, right? What's the show for? Who's the audience? Me. And yet, we see one little thing go left or right or twist, and we go, ah! And God says, well, well, wait a minute. You worried about circumstances? You worried about your perception, the small piece of the window that you see, the few pieces of the puzzle that you have. Why don't you trust my goodness in the latter days? That in the end, right? This is where I can insert one of the phrases I hate the most and I never use, but I'm going to use it here. At the end of the day, I hate that phrase, Right? But it fits here. At the end of the day, who's going to win? And it will be good to you? 
I understand there's times where we can't see it, where we're blocked from the view. And quite frankly, since January 20th, I've had a hard time seeing it. Really. But I have to trust that there's bigger efforts going on towards me and towards you, and then I gotta, I gotta approach God, right? If that's your mindset, you're in good shape. If there's no approach to God based on Him, um, skip the rest of the, the fill-ins. They're pointless, right? Let's find out what would be pointless if you didn't approach God. Um, love beyond the action of others. You need to love beyond the action of others. Why? Because that's the impossible one. Do you know what they did? Do you know what they said? I can't believe it. Well, I, I'm, I'm pursuing other things. You know, I'm not focusing on those kind of things. Oh, really? How about you start finding excuses to love beyond what other people do and see if it works? Because love beyond action of others works. Now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little cheesy on you here. What are the two lines? The two fill-ins on that line. If you just, action works. Do something. But when you love beyond the action of others, it works. And your actions will work. Right? I, I got a double fill-in there. In one, just by being goofy. Um, we, we have to. It is exactly what Hosea was asked to do. Love her beyond her works, beyond her actions. Um, Jesus came to the cross despite being rejected. I mean, really, who killed him? The people of God killed him, right? Pontius Pilate was looking for an out, didn't care in the whole thing, and they could have uh, it kept him. Peter denied him. I mean, the disciples ran and disappeared. I mean, Jesus went to the cross despite our actions and said, let me show you what love is. Which is why you can stay married when somebody cheats. Which is why you can stay in a relationship when somebody makes a mistake. Why it's, you can ask for forgiveness and make an effort because relationships can still work. What's it take? Love. Go again in love. Right? Number three, um, we experience the fullness of God when we return. Afterwards, the children of Israel shall return. You gotta come back. You gotta go again. Your kindness leads me to repentance. Did you sing that this morning? What's repentance? You sang that, right? Your kindness leads me to repentance. I'm, I might be getting the tune a little bit wrong. That's okay. Bryce will be back eventually. Um, <laughs> what's repentance? Coming back to God, it literally means to turn, to return, to continually turn back to God, right? Um, when we return to God, it is the only way we experience His fullness. There is this great concept, and I hope this is simple enough and and. In, in seminary that came out, the, the grace of God. And they said, you know, there's really two kinds of grace. There's common grace that everybody gets. Things that God does for all people. And then there's specific grace. Things that are specific to you. You will always get common grace. The fact that you live in a society and there's a general moral ethic and certain things that play out and blah, 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 Right? But the way you experience specific grace, the things that are meant for you and just you, that if you even tried to explain to someone else, you just couldn't because they're not you and they don't have your experience. 
But deep inside you, 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 you have this, I don't know, some people call it warmth. Some people use big words like assurance. But is this confidence and It never happens away from God, outside of God, when you're chasing other things. And this is what God wants for us. Right? You can't win the game if you're not on a team. We had a player quit this year. What? We ought to choose God. We choose Him because we believe that when we approach him with love, no matter what other people do, it's going to work and we're going to experience his fullness. It needs to be a fullness return, by the way. Your two underlines. Not a partial return. Like, well, I go to church every week. Probably there's some demons that do that too. So they can see who they're picking off. Right? Uh, number four. This is where we're getting into my favorite territory here. Okay? Um, God never returns. You know, that God is asking something in this book that he never does. He's telling us, um, are we going to get that fill in there? God never... Oh, I skipped one. Oh, when we return. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, sorry. Um... Uh, when we return, what do you do then? Like, you ever um, been going somewhere and somebody says, hey, uh, when, when we get there, what are we going to do? Uh, I don't know. It's like chasing a wild animal. Well, careful, you might catch up to it. And then what? Now you're facing a wild animal, right? Um, when we return to God, the next thing is to dwell As what? Dwell as what? Now, it shouldn't say dwell with. When you dwell, you dwell in a place, and it's with something. Or you dwell at a place. I could, I could dwell at church. I could dwell with my spouse. Um, we're at church. As God's? As his. Dwell as his. He says, the children of Israel shall return and dwell. Such a great, great idea. Um, Psalm 23, you know that one? What is it? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leads me in pastures and stuff, right? How's that end? And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Whoa, that's the end game? The end game is dwell with God? Here's a concept. How soon could you start that? Now! I know, that was cheating. Someone on staff at a church answered the question. They're supposed to know that. Good job, Megan. Right? Um, how do you... How do you dwell with God? And that's not really a how-to question. At same, I'm saying describe how you dwell with God. What have you figured out? What works? You know, for some people, they are here on time for the singing, no matter what, because it helps them dwell. If we do a special event that involves singing, they show up. Why? It, something about that works. Have you figured out what, what that is? Some people do small groups. Some people don't. Some people listen to the preacher and some people don't. Right? I mean, there's certain things that work well. And I, folks, I have to listen to myself twice every week. Some of you do it by choice. And like, you listen to it live and then you went home and listened to it again. No, that doesn't, uh-uh. But for them, it works. And they have several other podcasts they live to do. Some people do that. Whatever. Some people make crafts. Some people set up the coffee. 
Whatever it is. Some people like to say grace at the table and never ask someone else to do it. Whatever it is, figure it out and start doing it. Because returning is just the first step. Returning is just, really, it's the bottom shelf of the whole thing. I mean, that's just the lowest level. The easy-picked fruit. Return and then start the adventure. Right? I went to Disneyland. You did? Yeah, they had these great gates. Oh, what'd you do? I went inside. Then what? I looked at stuff, walked around. It was really cool. And you're going, what? You didn't go on Pirates? Or Mr. Toad's Wild Ride? You didn't go see a show? Did you eat any of that bad food? That tastes amazing? Small world. You had to go in small world. Nope. I just went to Disneyland. Folks, that's church for some people. That's God for too many. Yeah, I want to know the basic answers. Give me the fire insurance policy. Where do I sign? Now I'm going to keep going and doing whatever I want. And God says, oh, I know you. I'm going to have to get your attention. And he gathers his boys. All right. How are we going to get Scott's attention? All right. He wants you to dwell. And, and here's the thing. You will dwell. He will get you. That's what he wants. Right? And here's the thing. You're a dweller. Do you know this? You're a dweller. You dwell on stuff. Where do you dwell? Dwell at home. Some of you dwell eight hours a day, five days a week at a place. Right? We dwell at the DMV. <laughs> Where and how you dwell is the question, not will you dwell. And this is part of the main point that God's making. You can go dwell in these avenues that will take you the wrong direction. You can pursue debauchery sin self gain more you're going to get in trouble and I'm going to have to get your attention he says dwell is his you know how this book ends 14 chapters Hosea we're three in let me tell you about the last verse. Right? Ready? The ways of the Lord are right, and the upright walk in them. Walk in them. Go again and love. Return. Repent. Keep doing it. How long? As long as it takes. When will I learn? At some point. How many times? Jesus actually answered that question. How many times do we keep returning and trying and loving and going again? Seven. 70 times seven, right? Oh, 490 times? Not the point. Endless, right? Um, last one, and I know I cheated and tried to skip down to this one because I like this one. God never returns. What? Are you telling me, Scott? What do you mean God never returns? Oh, my goodness. I'm going to have to make it more difficult because God never leaves. So shall I be to you. We have a question to ask ourselves. Are we Hosea or are we Gomer? Which one do you see yourself as in this story? Okay. And then, and, then, and then make me a promise. I know this is a little bit simplistic. Never view God as either. Never view God as Hosea. Never view God as Gomer. Never view God as any other person. He is wholly different. W-H-O-L-L-Y? 100% different. And he's wholly, H-O-L-Y, different. 
Is he like Hosea in that Hosea went and loved someone that had turned from him? Yes, but they're not the same because he is 100% better. In fact, you can't even measure, we're talking apples and oranges here. God never returns because he never leaves. He never asks for forgiveness because he never does anything wrong. He can't sin because he decides what is right and what is right is based on what he does and what he wants. They, they, this, one of the stupidest questions, I've figured this out for a long time, I thought these were great questions, you know, can God make a rock that's too big for him to move? You know, if God can do anything, oh, shut up. Can God sin? That's a better question. The answer is no. It's not a impossibility of ability. It's a logical fallacy. What did he just say? It's not that God is incapable of sinning. You know, to kill somebody, that's a, that's a sin. And then if God kills them, wait, did killing is a sin, but he kill what? What do we know about them? They deserved it? Or not? Or God gets to decide what the rules are, and then they're the rules. And to do them can't be sin because it's a logical fallacy for the one in charge and control of all things to get it wrong. Because if he does it, it's by definition right. That's a different game than we're playing, folks. Figured that one out? Well, why does God do bad things to good people? There's none good, no, not one, your question's wrong. <laughs> you have to get into the new mindset and, and view him as different than us. He never leaves, right? I love what verse three says in the face of verse four. Three says uh, this, um, you must dwell as mine and so I also will be to you, right? For the children of Israel shall dwell many days without king, prince, sacrifice, pillar, ephod, household gods. What does I tell you he was saying there? I'm still there. In the midst of all this stuff getting stripped down, what's still there? He is. In the midst of Scott Osi being God, and, and I am livid angry with God. This being recorded, I swear at God for what happened. And I'm wrong. And I know it. And I care, but I don't care. And I'm scared he'll make sense of it for me. I never want it to make sense. And I am a convoluted mess in the midst of this. Here's the one thing that I won't question. What are we talking about? God's in it. And that's part of what I don't like about it. I don't want him in it. I, stop messing with me. Stop messing with the people that I love. And he's like, oh, that's cute. You want to make rules for me? <laughs> oh, we're making rules now, Scott? Oh, I'm really good at that game. Let's make some more rules for you. How's that going to go? Right? So I yell at God, and, and then I run. <laughs> right? as if you could outrun lightning. In the midst of those moments, what do I try to do every time? Look at the top of the paper. Go again back to him and try to love him. Because making sense of it will never happen. enjoying it can. So in the midst of what happened to my family, maybe I thank him for the 51 years I got rather than what I think I was cheated from. What if this whole thing ends in like 28 days from now? 
That is not a prediction. Don't ever post or say, oh, Scott predicted the end in 28 days. It's coming. April something. You know, end. No. What will I really have missed out on? A couple days without Scott? And then where are we? Best party ever. Darn it, that's starting to make a little sense. Get everybody's attention right before it ends, 28 days later. Ooh, that sounds like him. <coughs> Stripping away things. Get your attention. God tells Hosea, go again and love because he has to be told. And he's told that by someone who never does it. God never goes again to love. He just is always there and always loving. He never need return. Do you know how excited I was this week when that was kind of playing out in the passage and I knew I was going to teach on it this week? I tell you what, it helped me uh, 1 o'clock on Friday. I was doing fine. I was doing great. Talking to people, having my notes out, hugging GT. I mean, everything was wonderful. Shaking hands with Ted. And then right as I'm about to get up, I thought, we were going to be granddads together. That was not the thought to have. <laughs> Grace, Josh, Rachel, Amy, the brothers, Dan and Stephen, all got up there all a little choked up, but they were rock stars. They got through their speeches wonderfully. Cried like, I cried like a baby. Then I go to get up there. I have this one little thought. We were going to be granddads together, and all of a sudden I can't speak. What's the longest pause you've ever seen me do in stage? I think this was the longest. It felt like 10 seconds. 10 seconds is a really long time. Let's try it right now, right? Ready? Start the clock. No, we're not doing that. Um, I had to remember for a moment. It's more about what I have and how do I keep going forward and how do I keep loving. There's a family here that expects me to talk about God and have very specific things they want me to say and verses to read, and I represent the Lord. It's time to speak, Scott. Get up. And then it went okay. But I was a mess. You're gonna be a mess at times. You're gonna be glorious at others. And no one can predict. And you'll never understand. But we're going to trust in the goodness of the Lord our God in the latter days. And because of that, we will continue to return, to go again, to repent, and we will love as we go. Amen? Have you ever decided to follow Jesus? If you haven't, I'll tell you what I told him at the funeral service. Find a church, find a pastor, find a Christian, find an OC, find an excuse to go after God. If you want to make that decision today, amen. You want to raise your hand or stand up or talk to us after wonderful. Just don't send me an email. All right. Let's have an interaction. If you need to send an email, that's the thing you have to do in order to start the conversation. That's fine too. can't believe I just said that out loud. All right. Um, let's pray. Lord, thanks for uh, the reminders. Thanks you, Lord, that we always have a shot at relationship with you because you never leave. Thank you that, uh, for this idea that um, you bought us. You bought us into freedom. 
freedom that we could dwell with you, that we could experience your fullness, that we could uh, pursue you, that things can start to make sense, even though we may never fully understand. Pray, Lord, that people would make that decision and that we would help those who do. And now for you Christians, what is there a is there a turn a return that needs to happen for you? Is there something that you gotta go back to? Go again? Talk to the Lord about that. And then let us know if we can help with that as well. Father, thanks for this uh, offering we're about to receive. Praise your son in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Dwell with him always. Amen. 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 Go with him.